0: Okay, and we're back, back we from our, back. back from our uh, little Thanksgiving week hiatus. How was your turkey dinner, or did you even have turkey? Uh, I actually, I think I had my my first actual th- turkey dinner, like proper Thanksgiving dinner this year, uh, which was pretty cool, pretty pretty exciting stuff. I'm getting a late start to the turkey dinners. Did but you? Um, yeah. Did you turkey KO after or no? I was working right after that. Like I was. Um, so I told you, I, I got to work on a on a film set last week and uh, part of the catering on I think the last day of shooting was Friday before Thanksgiving so the catering uh, brought in like full package turkey dinner meals with like cut up turkey and uh, mashed potatoes, cranberry sauce, like everything and I, as much as I wanted to sleep I had to work right after so they kind of soared us I don't know what they were thinking
1: Yeah, I forget the name of the chemical but there is a chemical in turkey meat
0: that yeah makes you sleep so, I, we were talking about that too, and um, all I know is it gives you the itis. It gives you heavy itis. What do you mean? The by food itis? itis. It's the food itis. Oh, I don't
1: know what that is.
0: It's 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 like related to what you're talking about, where it's like that chemical produces something, and and like you just summarize it by saying, it's the food itis. You know, you just eat a little too much, you get a little food high and like, or, or food drunk or whatever, and yeah, like it's it's, that's how I was feeling. Honestly, I was so, like elevated after off a turkey dinner i felt so satisfied with myself i was just like i don't want to do anything all week now you know oh, so no. I, I can i can yeah. respect the the one year decision to keep that up tradition well technically
1: we have it three times a year easter thanksgiving christmas although I, I might want to switch it up this christmas i'm I'm offering to make some beef wellington or something but we'll oh, see that sounds
0: pretty good too that sounds oh, God, pretty good yeah yeah, Throw in
1: yeah. a little like, Gordon Ramsay video beforehand. just get the, like, No, that's tutorial. exactly what I was going to do. I was going to yeah. go back and watch the Gordon Ramsay re- recipe because he yeah. makes it look so
0: easy, Ooh. but it's not. I know All his videos make you feel like like you're the idiot who just can't cook. That's probably what it is, but it's like, he's like, look, you're cutting a fucking beef patty wrong, dumb bitch. And then you're like, oh my God.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. To be honest, though, like a lot of the stuff he does, it, does look easier to make like he's not doing any of these like yeah. crazy gourmet shit because i did watch that um oh the 1990s
0: gordon ramsay documentary back when he was like a Ooh. controversial figure um they did a documentary. i want to get into that yeah i want to get into what made gordon ramsay gordon ramsay because we like i don't you you look like you probably did some research on him or like you know more about his history but i was just knew he was like the asshole chef from uh hell's kitchen that was you know he was funny oh no he's like like you'll you'll find he's not an asshole he's just he just strives for perfection yeah not an asshole exactly yeah yeah. it's it's that it's just that attitude for delivering a a certain quality which I I can respect that like professional quality he um sure if if you watch him on like MasterChef
1: where where it's just people coming from home and trying to cook yeah, he's definitely um, not an asshole on that show. He, he's not as harsh as he as he would be in Hell's Kitchen because the people he brings into Hell's Kitchen
0: are like, they work in the food industry. They're chefs. Yeah, yeah. They, there's a level of uh, quality that they should be meeting and it's more like Canada's Worst Driver when you're watching yeah. that show. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Oh fucking Canada's Worst Driver. <laughs> shout out, what a, yeah, shout out Canada's Worst Driver. Yeah, yeah. Honestly. <laughs> I miss man. that show, man. I, ever since I cut out cable TV, there's like those, those low-key golden gem of shows that are just like no longer in the rotation. That's one of them. Like man, a lot of those discovery channels, discovery yeah, channel back yeah. in the day, man. They if anybody needs a streaming service, I would pay for a discovery
1: streaming service, possibly. Oh, I don't know, man. I think they just play a lot of bullshit now. Even Shark Week sucks oh, yeah? now. Shark Week no fucking way. sucks now. Shark bite Week your tongue, sucks. sir. No, bite it your sucks now.
0: It sucks now. I honestly haven't watched Shark Week like for a couple years now. So fuck. That's exactly. Crazy.
1: There's a yeah. reason for that is because it fucking sucks now.
0: Uh, like it's just bad. It's because nobody watch. There's like probably like something to do with the demand not being there, so like there's just not enough maybe attention to the quality of the stuff that's being out there. Like if they brought a Shark Week type programming to Netflix or, you know, Amazon or whatever, I I mean it could it could be huge. It could be huge. Yeah. Imagine Netflix dedicating a week to sharks. They're just like let's rip off Discovery and let's just do it. They might it's have just, some it's sort like, of
1: legal thing with that, so
0: don't get maybe. your hopes up. But like, yeah, maybe. But you get all like these like classic shark movies. You get Jaws. You get like a shark's life, like all that shit, you know? A shark's life? Don't you mean shark tail? A shark tail, fish's life. Is, is the other one called fish life, a fish's life, something like that? Yeah. I have no up idea. Up. I think yeah, it's a whatever. dog's <laughs> life. <laughs> whatever. Not even in a animals. Wrong species. Yeah. My bad. Uh, but how was your how was your Thanksgiving week? It was good. Um, got to go home,
1: got to chill with the dog for a bit. That's um, always great. Yeah, she was lovely. She didn't leave me alone for like 10 minutes when I walked in the door. Oh, yeah. She definitely misses oh, yeah. me. Um, yeah. But then went back to her regular routine of sleeping 12 hours a day. But um, good good turkey dinner. Small little turkey dinner because COVID shit. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, I made some pie. I am the designated pie maker because I love making pies. It's one of my actual skills that I have. Mm-hmm. That I What's love the my... go-to
0: pie? What's your uh, go-to
1: my go like my favorite pie is blueberry, but I didn't make blueberry for Thanksgiving. It doesn't feel right. Blueberry's more of a springtime pie, summertime pie. Um, I bake myself a blueberry pie um, for my birthday every year because I don't like just cake. a personal pie, just so, yeah. oh, for the one man show. Uh, well, my family eats it too, but I yeah. just don't like cake and it's just something got I you. like to do my birthday. It's, it's a very meditative process making. I pie. thought,
0: yeah, I thought you meant like on your birthday, you're just like, everybody get the fuck out of my face. I'm making one Blu-ray pie just for me. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's not, what- <laughs> but I do,
1: I do want people to leave me alone and let me make some fucking pie.
0: Yeah. I got you. I got you. So that sounds sick. Yeah.
1: It's all in the crust though. It's like anyone can, anyone yeah. can do the filling. Right. But like to to get the crust, like you need to have a feel the crust makes it. it. Yeah, you you need to. It's um, it's not like baking where you add certain amounts of everything, and then like it should turn out all right if you have the right conditions and whatnot. There's but, intuition. Um, there you, you is. Gotta, like, you got to go
0: off your intuition off that. And like yeah, of, you do uh, certain four baking. and a half
1: ounces of flour to three ounces of butter to get the 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 base of the pie crust. But then like to actually. You know, then you had to start adding adding cold water into that and like there's no designated amount of cold water you kind of just have to feel it out right so luckily i've been training my body to feel out good good pie crust and um i get the pie crust so good it's like you it's solid rising. you get a no, rising no. crisping you don't want no. it rising no you want it, Oh. You, not too you much it, not too much no 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 not rising at all you want it to oh. um you want it to firm up you want to get the right shape for it first yeah right um yeah. if it rises then it's going to be way too flaky and it's going to fall apart you need it to be firm
0: i'm a fan of flakiness i can't lie on yeah. crust not on skin right right but, but uh, you like
1: you can't have it puff up and be flaky got you, like, you have got to have you. it be firm but like once yeah. you take a bite into it then it falls apart
0: yeah you gotta do that little the fork test to see if it's uh structurally integral do you do that you, not st- the you fork stick test, a fork no. you stick a fork or a toothpick or something in there I might be getting my pastries wrong. My saw, that, saw that'd that be cake, that. but
1: you'd have that to do that cake. for yeah. um, the filling of pumpkin pie. Sure, it's more yeah. of a look thing. You give the pie a nice egg wash, and then you check the color. And then oh, side, the egg wash. yeah, yeah, yeah. egg wash, vital Ooh. egg wash.
0: With you got then you got to sprinkle sugar on top as well. It's yeah. vital. Absolutely I hope vital. our listeners are taking some notes because that was some quality cooking with Cheney action. Oh yeah, that's gonna be no. a segment on our show. I feel we this might be our second or third time. Co- Involved cooking, cooking in the show and uh, cooking with Cheney. There it is. We just trademarked it.
1: I'll let you know my pierogi recipe next week.
0: Oh, all right. I I feel like we should get like a uh, some some like of those classic game show musics to cue up like the next week episode thing. Like, and ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, next week we got cooking with Cheney and pierogies. You got the buddy who did our intro music on Speed Dell or what? Yeah, I I'll got him right now. I'll just be like, get your phone close to the uh, piano and just go do something. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be funny. Yeah, um... shout Rossi. Uh, but, yeah. Other but, than making um, pies, I actually watched something. Um, yeah. Let's hear. It. What? A lot of new stuff coming out, actually. Um, yeah. Quite this a bit. Month. Yeah. Um, in watching? my attempt to
1: try to get back into horror, because I've always been a massive fucking chicken when it comes to horror. I just, um, I think it's because we grew up in an era of bad horror, like jump scare horror, and yeah. things are slowly starting to work themselves back out. Commercial um, horror. We grew up in a really commercially horror time. Right, we didn't get the classics. We didn't. Yeah, there there was hardly like a defining horror movie when we were growing up. Maybe uh, Paranormal Activity, couple. but like
0: yeah, uh, the I'm, I forget. Scream came out like probably Scream. Uh, like the franchise is ongoing and stuff, but the original came out in like the nineties or something, right? Like that's yeah. that's before us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I but feel again, like that's like... one of those Scream or Saw, even. I, uh, I yeah. i sorry not to cut you off, but. Um, the horror of our time almost feels like it was the, like the the just the visual aspect of horror, the like the blood and the gore, like that all became the most popular selling point. So, like we didn't get like great horror stories necessarily, or like the classics, like you said, we got really like, just the really go- uh, what's the word I'm looking for like grotesque, I guess horror. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's right, but yeah, yeah.
1: grotesque, and then also a uh, huge reliance on jump scares mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. like but I, I I understand like a few jump scares like those are fair you know what I mean when you're doing yeah. horror but like if it's like if you're reliant on it to a lot of movies became like that yeah to just get sh- yeah. to get the reaction that you actually need to work for when you yeah. um do horror properly then yeah it, it got overwhelming and I just like found no joy in horror movies because like I don't like getting jump scared like for I like sure, yeah. I like being terrified to an extent like Mm -hmm. um like i don't
0: know it's it's hard to explain like being terrified versus being a jump scare like i know what you mean the 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 actual emotion yeah the emotion of like dread inside of you rather than i need to cover my eyes because something scary is going on in front of me that's the difference and um yeah you like to speaking to your point i think um not so much today but yeah for sure when we were growing up just like becoming more uh, aware of different movies and stuff like that like I think we sort of got desensitized to um just like the history of horror films and like the like how kind of important they are or like not to make this so so much like a film school lesson type thing I'm gonna feed in a bit of what I learned because you know I just definitely wasn't personally speaking I wasn't aware so much of how like how how much like horror films are really regarded as or should be seen more as like true film like kind of like uh truly bring out the qualities of filmmaking and telling really important kind of stories um you know uh it has its it has its own rich deep deep history it has its it's as much of a pillar of cinema i would consider as like you know anything as any sort of other genre any style or whatever horror is it's there but it that kind of like prestige to it I I don't know if that's the right word to use but that kind of respect for it or that kind of like look into it I didn't you know we I just didn't have that growing up I don't think the films coming out made you kind of look at horror as as anything more than just a jump scare you know or just like the scary images on screen um and I I really hope you get to talk about some more like kind of like historically horror films where it, it, it really kind of it changed how audience think about certain things or, or you know, because horror has a history of doing that. It really has a way of shaking up the status quo, um, challenging societal things like that. And, uh, yeah, not to get too much off a tangent, but that's just one of the things I observed. I took a horror film class, like, last year only. So it's, it's kind of like this genre is, like, truly revealing itself to me in, like, new ways. The more I go into, like, 80s horror, 70s horror Horror, um, even just stuff coming out today, which you, you, you'll talk about um, in what you in what you saw recently, as a good example to that, I think.
1: Yeah, um, I do think horror is turning the corner though. Um, some mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. important movies came out. I forget the uh, there was Sinister, which was uh, a pretty well received horror movie that wasn't so reliant on jump scares. It really was a a dread filled yeah. movie. Um, yeah, what's the other one with like the Darth Maul looking motherfucker?
0: That's insidious fun. i think yes, insidious. Insidious. yes yeah insidious. that's one that stuck with me when i was like yeah that, i think that was for me like a turning point in the cinemas when like a horror movie came out and i was like holy fuck this is a great horror movie i really so, remember like, my uh theatrical experiences insidious that was a good one so
1: um like horror movies like that sort of helped tell the studios um uh, to start turning in the right direction because this is yeah. horror that people like, um, not necessarily yeah. just the jump scare stuff. So I think horror is turning a corner. Um, is that, are my bars hot? Horror is turning a
0: corner. Um, but that was a bar. That was a bar confirmed. Uh, yeah. yeah. And like, even if you look at the films kind of coming out today with like filmmakers like Jordan Peele, there's television shows that are just utilizing like the space of horror or just like the kind of, the feelings that an audience can get from that are, are just like really diving deep into into utilizing that as a storytelling mechanism. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, cons- considering yeah, all this, I yeah yeah go into what to, have you uh, what did you decide to week? give
1: horror another chance? And I gave um, the the first thing I I dove into to try to give modern horror a chance um, is the new Netflix. Uh, limited series uh the haunting of blind manor um, i watched it all in a day and fuck I just, really <laughs> yeah I had it, done. it's nine so about nine hours worth of content that's a um, binge yes that was a it's a big binge it fucked me up too <laughs> oh, damn <laughs> yeah and that kind of a show too eh
0: wow um that's a. that's well i want to hear what you what you have to say because actually i only i didn't watch even the full first episode yet so really right. opposite viewing experience
1: from you so i believe this is going to be a series that Netflix does every year. Last year they had the Haunting of Hill House. I didn't yeah. watch that one. Maybe I'll give yeah. that one a go. Um I decided to give the newer one a go because well it was newer and I like yeah. getting fresh. I'll just say this about this things.
0: series though. It's uh it's an anthology series. So it has no connection to the previous I not even really seasons, I guess you can't really classify it like that either because so Haunting of Hill House, which was made by the same creators, same franchise title I guess. It's features some of the same cast, but it's kind of like American Horror Story, where they're just using the cast to tell different stories within the genre, you know? So, yeah. Haunting of Hill House is a completely different, independent, serialized story. This is itself an independent story. So, following that American Horror Story kind of uh, anthology format. Right. So, yeah, you, you don't really need a prior viewing experience there.
1: No, and I knew that going in, which is good. I, I wanted to check. Just in case I had to go, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't. Completely new story,
0: completely different characters. Um, so inspired by kind of like you know the haunting of movies like Haunting of Connecticut. Like there's movies like that kind of. Yeah, it was actually it's,
1: this is um th- this was actually a sort of pseudo adaptation of a novel, an old novel. Oh okay. Um, called the uh, Turning Up the Screw. Um so like they they had some sort of base to go off of in terms of um the actual story. I think I think it was just the ghost stuff that they used from the novel. Everything else was original characters. Yeah. um the, like, brought whatever in, scary it, story element
0: yeah. was in that. Yeah.
1: So it's like whatever um you you'll learn as you watch the, um how the haunting works, how the the there is ghosts, you know obviously spoiler spoiler, spoiler. yeah well, whatever there is ghosts obviously
0: yeah I, well i got i got to the point in the first episode without uh, so little preface uh, preface wow can't talk today at all i watched this show uh, i watched the show a bit with my mom and she's kind of like you she doesn't have a, a gut for horror really uh but she's not willing to change that i guess so good on you at least like you know give horror a shot i think like the point is to be scared so embrace that mm-hmm. Just just to audi- other audiences who might be reluctant um but my mom is kind of like that, where we have to kind of for like get her to watch it reluctantly, a mm-hmm. horror, or scary movie or whatever. So I was just like, yeah, like let's just, it's a show, like it can't be that bad. Let's just watch the first episode, and just from the first jump scare, she turned it off immediately. Yeah. Okay. You know which one I'm talking about? The first one? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a pretty. It was a pretty good one, and it wasn't like, uh, yeah. Anyways. So. It, I, I, I do want it. to say
1: this maybe i'm maybe i'm braver than i thought because out of nine episodes about nine hours of content it only really got me about three times like it only in, really got me about like three times in there the was like feared,
0: like in in the sense of like you were you were truly scared or like i actually made an audible scared noise like oh. okay yeah. oh um, oh Can so i hear that again <laughs> Sorry. Did you did you hit, uh, re- like record and replay that exact sound or something?
1: <laughs> that came I'm surprised I was surprised I got it
0: like that. Okay. Where where was I?
1: Um oh yeah. Um there was um there's there's much more um of the uh crawl into a ball, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck. Like yeah. there's you, you'll you'll realize there's a pace throughout the episodes where it's like there's like normal everyday stuff where you sort of see some peculiar things that help you patch together the mystery. This is like, it's a miss. It, it's a big mystery. And, um, I, I don't know if, it, if it's episode five or six, I think it's episode five or where everything sort of gets revealed. you you episode five is probably no, I got to double check to make sure, but this this one episode, like you, you start off so confused. Mm-hmm. Um, they start to really fuck with your head.
0: Um, well, but, okay, b- before you keep going, don't get too much into, like, specific episode stuff just because I want my expectations to be as minimal as possible. Right, right.
1: Um, oh, I, f- I do forget what episode it is, but there is one where, where you sort of learn um, how the
0: haunting works,
1: mm-hmm. like the rules of the world
0: okay so this is something I'd be interested there's some like interesting mechanics going on here
1: yeah there's mechanics that that are present within the story and that's cool um there's some, relatively... kind of like
0: some kind of a like some kind of a history to this haunting or story like you know how like ghost or, or like uh horror films like like these like this show actually mm-hmm. there's often a lore to the store like to the ghost or like whatever the paranormal event mm-hmm. is or situation so it's something like that would you say like it has a it a peels back like the a
1: myth. F- they the first layer of mechanics. There is lore and myth behind it. So if cool. we're if we're including those in mechanics, I'd say there's about three layers of mechanics. And the and the one episode pulls back the first one and things. That's sort cool. Of start, I yeah. like that.
0: I like that description. Also, there, so there's it's deep. It's a uh, it's kind of a layered, leveled show. Yeah, and that's
1: cool. Yeah. Um. And um, yeah. It's it's just incredible the way um, it it sort of reveals itself. Um, some parts of the episode can can drag obviously when you have like hour long episodes like that's gonna happen some episodes definitely hit way harder than other ones um i didn't like um how sort of mm, what's the right word for the expositiony they get at some points um they kind of like really take their time in the beginning but it seems it really speeds along at the end which is, you know, mm-hmm. fair enough. Um th- that sort of happens with a lot of media where the writers get really excited and they get really into um into their story, but then they realise they gotta wrap it up. So which will yeah. lead into yeah. our, our boys discussion as well. Um yeah. But yeah, it's um if if it the ending good. Good ending. Good ending. I'm not crying, you are. Good ending.
0: Um It's one of those, eh? Hey?
1: Yeah. It's uh it, it hits man it hits heavy
0: um, well you binge watch the entire thing in a day so i can imagine you had some kind of a connection developing with the characters yeah. with the story overall you know oh yeah for sure um i'm surprised that's how much... that's like me and breaking bad that's literally me
1: and breaking bad mm-hmm. i'm surprised at how much um i ended up caring about the characters at the end um it's a really strong cast uh really good cast of characters everyone's a little yeah. different everyone has their own little
0: arc yeah um, from as little as i saw so far i've re- that's one of the things i took notice of and really liked the little bit i saw was the cast and the characters that they played it was a really diverse cast it was um kind of actors that i wasn't aware of other than the main actors who are kind of a part of the franchise but um i don't know if you recognize the the brown british guy in the oh, show yeah i did Bra- rahul kohli yeah. yep he's on uh, funhouse him, yeah? funhouse yeah which was yeah, which was
1: i was in, i was blown away cuz like, is that the guy right. from funhouse it is right. the guy from and the funhouse and it
0: sounds and it's he's using his own voice like it's it's he's very much playing like not himself he's playing uh somebody that like if people watch him would recognize him which is cool mm-hmm. yeah shout out um, to like the nerdy youtube culture but ended up
1: being um one of
0: my favorite performances in the entire series. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised cool. at like how talented he really is. I'm really excited, yeah, to watch it and just see. I think this is like he was. He's been in other stuff, but this is the first time. I'll, this is I'll the, watch this him is his like a big show, so big break. I it's think his big break. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, have you heard the uh, just to diverge a little bit, but related to him? Have you heard of like the kind of rumors going on with him? No, I haven't. Wow, sound like a fucking celebrity gossip. Here we go. Magazine right now. Here we go. Speculation station. But so there was there's been like a lot of like crazy rumors and stuff going on that he's um he's playing Ezra Bridger in the next Star Wars or not in the next Star Wars in like the Mandalorian next season or in some next Star Wars project. And there's oh, no like he's going to the casting. Rebels kid. He's going to play older older version of Ezra Bridger. Oh. That well, that's a rumor and he's kind of like playing along with it. He's like teasing people back that ah, this might be true actually. Yeah.
1: Um that'd be insane. Interesting. Yeah, interesting
0: Um, fan casting. I I could definitely see it though.
1: Well, didn't the one fan casting work out with Ahsoka?
0: Who did they get first? It did. Yeah, yeah. It it for sure did. They got they got Rosario Dawson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was that's one of those things of like Twitter made it happen, right? Like that's something I saw. I must have been seeing on like Facebook or Twitter or whatever platforms that like if there's ever gonna be a live action Ahsoka adaptation, Rosario Dawson could be a good casting. And I don't even know how that ever would have started, you know? It's like, I don't think it's widespread knowledge if she's a Star Wars fan or not, but I think that's just, like, what fans do, you know? They just link to A to B, and th- yeah, that's happening now. It's pretty cool. So, yeah, anyways, um,
1: Bly Manor. It's, uh, it's a good series. It really, I think it was the perfect one to get me back into the horror genre, because I, I don't think it's, like, overly scary. And right. it, there's a really good story attached to it with some really interesting characters and some good deep lore, nice (laughs) mystery. Um, It's got everything you'd really want for a spooky horror thing. Creepy British Manor, creepy British kids, and um, ghosts. So yeah, definitely uh, check that out and finish it up.
0: We'll, we'll, We'll do for sure, and we will probably talk about it further on the show after I watch it. Yeah, for we'll sure. discuss a uh, little spoilers or whatever but here's my I have a little hot take right ready for this okay how hot grab is grab your seat be? Uh-huh. oh it's hot it's hot it's 35 degrees alright that's cool climate in Celsius Canada. Celsius baby so here's my hot take today's serialized TV shows are doing better than movies at telling like most stories like in the sense of Use the Blind Manor as an example, like a horror story or, or a horror using the tropes of horror movies in the past, uh, you know, and kind of condensing it or not even condensing it, but yeah, yeah, condensing it into an episodic form factor and yet you know like serialized. So it's basically long form storytelling where it's you have an eight or nine episode big arc, essentially like a movie, right? Like that's how that's what TV shows are essentially becoming now. It's just longer movies. Um, and in my opinion they're doing they're telling stories I think more efficiently almost that might be a weird word to say or to use in this context but I feel like within the serialized like you know episodic story structure there's like an efficiency with telling telling stories now I don't know I don't want to make it too generalized but that's kind of the uh, effect I'm getting from like maybe the growth of streaming or just like people are looking for more quality shows or this is just in general this is a boom of tv shows i think but you know like i think there's we're seeing like more misses on the movie level and on like movie theaters or streaming or whatever versus tv shows where this is like really a time for people to to catch on to new things and like a lot of the stuff culturally or socially that that are you know that would would have been huge in movies are kind of our our thing in tv shows now you know
1: that's i had just to, uh, i don't uh, I, I don't to know how put on a sweater because that take was so cold
0: that was a cold take that was a cold guys, take for cheney that was a cold take that was a cold take no nah, no nah, you don't think so though you don't think that's a that's an observant thing no well, that's i'm just saying, you saying you're absolutely day?
1: right it's like i don't oh. think that's a controversial statement whatsoever that's why it's so
0: cool oh Oh, I see what you mean by cold take now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm curious if people feel this way or not because there's still the loyal movie people out there that are just like not. I think it's different experiences. Aligned. I just I, it's I for think, sure different experiences. I think sure. people maybe need to stop comparing TV to
1: to movies. It's, it's a different art form.
0: It, it okay. In, In terms, terms of, of like they're writing different structure. mediums. They're different mediums. They're not necessarily different art forms. They can be, but I think. Like for sure, what they are are just different mediums or platforms to get stories across, and and yeah, like different structures, different story structures. But that's not to say a TV show like *Haunting of Bly Manor* or *The Boys* doesn't use like cinematic storytelling techniques. Like to me, it's all collecting or using, borrowing from the same pool, the same inventory. It's using or talking the same language, but essentially in like different countries to different people. That's what TV shows and movies are. But I'm saying it's like, it's really hard form, longer form, whatever. to judge yeah. the quality of, let's say, I've never watched Daredevil, but mm-hmm.
1: which one, the show or the movie? The show. Yeah. But like if you're Daredevil is considered a good superhero show. Yeah. And things like Iron Man are considered good superhero movies. Yeah. I don't think there's any real comparison you can make between them besides they both star superheroes. It's like,
0: oh, like comparing one to
1: the other. Yeah. Like specifically like that. Right. Yeah. 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 It's like it it takes two different types of skill sets, like obviously very similar skill sets, but it takes two different types of skill sets to write a multi episode TV series versus Mm -hmm. a two hour movie. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, you can compare them story wise. Maybe one is written. Better, but I just find r- it's really hard to compare movies and TV. But as, I as far I, as, like, overall quality, yeah, TV's...
0: I, I wasn't even there. talking from a quality standpoint, necessarily, even though I, I do kind of agree with you. Um, I, I'm talking from, like, an efficiency and, like, effectiveness of being able to get a story across. And it, this might come off as really biased, stupid, or wrong. This is, like, a really in-the-moment observation I'm making, just because whether it's, you know, because of quarantine and not many new movies are coming out, but just over the, like, you know, recent months or whatever, I've been watching more TV shows than I normally would have been watching or more streaming shows or whatever. I've noticed, like, where is the talk surrounding, right? Where is people's attention as an audience going towards more to? Where is uh, fan followings leaning to? Where is, like, where are stories being grabbed more from, or just being more attended to, you know, by on from audiences, um, and you know, a lot of that plays subconsciously into like what is getting through to audiences. So yeah, not necessarily, You know, there's still movies that are ballparks away better than TV shows. There's TV shows that are ballparks out of the way from movies. So you're right. You can't compare Apple oranges, but I think in a sense of using a TV show or a movie as a vehicle to get a story across, like tv shows are kind of you know above the hill a little bit i think
1: yeah i would rather if i were to write either story i'd rather write a tv show because i feel like the the amount of room you have like that breathing room you have of knowing you have this much to get the point across or this much to explore right. a character versus like if you're a movie and you have five characters like you need to pick and choose like how much That's screen a, time you pick on each and like yeah but like with yeah. tv
0: shows like it's I feel it's a lot. Well, that's easier a really to good point. That's to, a really important point. Yeah, yeah it's uh, you, the use of time. Like you're by a movie, you're structured down to a runtime. Whereas in a in a TV show or whatever, your you, your format is episodic. So you have a lot. You can dedicate time differently to different characters and arcs. So and using anyways, yeah. Bly
1: Manor as an example, like yeah. The reason I think a huge reason why the why I was so invested in a lot of the characters by the end is because like I literally had spent hours with these people right like like right. like possibly not just two hours but more like half a day in terms kind of, of runtime possibly like eight hours with the main character right so like of course i'm gonna have some sort of can like stronger connection as, connection as an as an audience member with someone i've spent sure. eight hours with and someone who's i've seen an hour of screen time with so sure um yeah i'll just end on that
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, I that's gonna lead into my question for a main discussion, but I'll save that for the main discussion. But um, that leads me into thinking about like what works better, maybe, or w- w- what works the best, like streaming or binging, full on like how you do with *Blind Manner*, or the kind of st- the staggered structure release of something like *The Boys* season two, which I think let's say let's talk about that when we talk about *The Boys*, um, because that's that's a question that I want to get to. That's a really I think, yeah, this is an interesting question to me. But, uh, yeah, I watched a couple movies this week, too. I'll keep it short because I watched a couple movies, like I just said, more than one. Um, but I, I watched this old, uh, I'm just going to find out the year real quick, but I think it's, like, a 1970s classic film, this film called Network by the director Sidney Lumet. Um, Never heard of it. This I think it's, like, a movie that came out along the time of, like, when Hollywood or, like, American films were really internationally starting to pop off or, like, get into, like, the Hollywood structure of doing things. Um, it's It was the first time I watched it. it. It was a film that I've heard, like, a lot about. It's one of those, m- on every film list, like, a must-watch kind of, like, it's, uh, here, I'm seeing it's nominated for Best Picture when it came out in 1976. So, yeah, it's been, like, a, a must-watch on a lot of movie lists and stuff like that. And I didn't get to finish the entire thing, but it's a it's about a news anchor who very abruptly quits his uh, job at a news station and kind of on air, like what people think is losing his mind, what he thinks as having a spiritual awakening, basically like like says whatever is on his mind at that point and. People are like who work with him either think yeah like he lost his mind and they should fire him and it causes a whole cultural rift within like what to do next should he keep talking on the show should he have his own show have his own platform should they silence him and fire him Um, and so it's it's sort of like this satirical black comedy like drama it's it's a really I think even though it came out in nineteen seventy six it's a really uh, timeless movie where I was watching it and you know today or I was watching it this week, but I'm, in today's world, you can watch it and just, like, really laugh at how how silly kind of people are. I think just laughing at people in general is healthy, and um, I didn't get to watch the whole movie, so I'm going to finish that tonight. But, uh, yeah, if you you know, just to people who are, like, not too aware of, like, old 1970s Hollywood movies or, like, want to get into some different kind of stuff, like network or other movies by Sidney Lumet, like he, another one of his that I was watching, 12 Angry Men. Have you, that's a pretty popular movie. Have you heard of that one? No, no. But I I, I think, mm. hmm.
1: you say it's more satirical. It's more satirical. Yeah. 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 And not necessarily, He's, is it like,
0: does it do like fourth wall breaking stuff or any of? No. Any of, okay. Okay. Not really, like, that. It, it, no direct address, but his style, Sidney Lumet, uh, like, is kind of informative, kind of, like, this, like, what I'm comparing it, it to is uh, his older movie, 12 Angry Men, which is, like, a courtroom drama, but I'm, I'm thinking now more about it, you can't, really, it's harder to compare those two movies, because one's a more serious courtroom drama, and this is, like, kind of a more, it's a looser movie, and just more about how do people think about, like, freedom of speech and and, and open communication? And uh, it, w- it was just funny in the sense of, like, well, how, you know, how does somebody view a mental breakdown, right? Like, from the guy's point of view, he's having a full-on spiritual awakening. And and the stuff he's saying, even in the movie, like, it's a really well-written movie. It it, it has you thinking at a lot of points, too, actively. So it's I think it's not just, like, a sit your bum on the ground and, like, don't pay attention to what's going on like it's it did have me thinking while i was watching it and and so that it was interesting like you know where do we draw the line at somebody going crazy or are they having some kind of nirvana moment you know but i'm i'm gonna finish that i'll let other people watch that too if if that's something they're into 12 angry men though that's like that's a really popular movie that's uh i think you'd be into that. It's a courtroom drama like one of the the, like, classic courtroom drama movies. I've definitely heard of it, so it must be... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll check that out if I got nothing yeah. to watch soon. Yeah, I'm going through um his catalog of movies, Sidney Lumet. Not just because his name is Sid, but, um, uh-huh. yeah, he's... he's yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. A little projection. A uh, little, little bit, a little bit, but, um. yeah, it's... I'm getting into, like a deep, deep, deep fascination with New York filmmakers. Like, I've always had the fascination that that's always been there, but I'm I'm getting into, like, studying it, their filmography, like, obviously Scorsese, um, you know, but Cindy Lumet, uh, fucking... You know what, that might
1: be a good idea for you because uh, I don't want to make generalizations, but mm-hmm. um, a lot of people sort of regard toronto or the toronto area is sort of like a new york light in in a way sure Um, like a cold regions big city big metropolis so like maybe um i don't know much about toronto filmmakers but maybe like there's sort of that experience there would help apply to more personal things that people add in movies so that might be Mm -hmm. a good idea for you to, to really dive into like new york style and and maybe sort of mend that
0: with um with your own experience in Toronto there absolutely I, that's that's how I felt like kind of similar to what you said but also like New York the the, the kind of independent filmmaking style that comes is like bred out of New York filmmakers the do-it-yourself attitude The like really like you know you make a movie with people with your hands and you get dirty and you get like you're on the streets with a camera and it's not like a studio made thing like that kind of just raw raw style of making movies comes is like born out of New York not born out of New York but like it's you know New York has its own like film language just um, and I I, like yeah you made the connection to Toronto so I can really relate and see a lot of my my own interests and my own character characterizations within a lot of these kind of movies so it's something subconsciously I paid attention to and now I'm 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 for sure making more of an effort to just learning more about like the filmmakers that are come out there and their early works. Um and just it's it's fascinating really to just watch old movies and see these kind of cities in them and like how were they portrayed and what did it look like. You know, it's a it's just a it's like a childhood fascination, I guess, where it's just like you're really like movies are a time machine, really sending you down to the past, seeing a world that you were never a part of and how it looked and how were people and you know. Uh yeah, it's it's fucking awesome, man. It's um what another one I've been watching is like King of New York with um I'm so bad at recalling names, I'm just realizing when I need to think of them. We on the both spot, are but like
1: what the fuck are we doing on a podcast?
0: Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing a podcast for when you can't do that? It's yeah. not and now it's so good when I like just talk off for a second, but now I remember it. Christopher Walken, he plays a, a role in that movie, so it's it's uh yeah, it's all over the place. Wacken. Yeah. Christopher that's, Wacken that's I'm not even gonna try best that's impression. a pretty good one that's a pretty good impression I, I I'm I'm I was actually practicing a walking impression for a while I stored your it. father's watch up my ass
1: and I brought it here for, I, I forget the line from Pulp Fiction but you get the idea
0: six years I carried it up my ass six
1: years I carried up my ass <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I think I just uh, know how to do the more kettlebell one but um, yeah, you watch yeah, some yeah. other shit too
0: Yeah, um, real quick. So, Adam Sandler came out with a new movie, I think, last week or a week and a half ago, too. So, something like that. Uh, Hubby Halloween. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. It's getting some big publicity on Netflix. What the fuck is that? It's another Adam Sandler movie. I'll tell you that. It's another Adam Sandler movie. Okay.
1: What are we talking here? Are we talking Uncut Gems, Adam Sandler? We're talking
0: pre-Uncut Gems. Uh See, it's, I don't even want to say, like, to Grown Ups, because Grown Ups is, I actually consider Grown Ups to be a pretty good movie, like, not in the league of other Adam Sandler, recent Adam Sandler movies, but this is, like, I think there's two camps with this one. There's people that are gonna, like, you know, first, I'll say it's a, fa- I think it's a family movie, it's a, it's a, it's a Halloween movie, obviously, but it's a movie where I think, like, you know, don't take it too seriously, that goes without saying, for most Adam Sandler movies, but it's, uh, supposed to be a fun time movie, I guess, just, here you go here's something to watch throw on after dinner um but it's i don't know if they were really leaning in on the stupid thing of just like fuck it like let's have fun making a movie and not care about how how this comes off you know i think i think that's the philosophy i want to believe adam sandler goes into with his movies because you know he's making his movies with like all of his friends and this hubby halloween has literally everybody that's ever been in an adam Sandler movie you know all in one place and some of them are like replaying or reviving some of the old characters and stuff like that
1: maybe i'll go back and and see for nostalgia's sake
0: yeah yeah so it's it's kind of cool in that sense if you like if you've participated in his filmography or aware of the adam sandler cinematic universe in (laughs) any way so wow what a term i just coined it i just trademarked it guys okay yeah that didn't exist before I just said did you just talked to Adam Sandler about that <laughs> yeah <okay. laughs> yeah no I'm getting sued tomorrow I'm getting a letter he's like we were just in the process of signing a deal with Netflix to produce more movies no please
1: I love nope. Uncle Gems
0: <laughs> oh really I, okay never mind. it amazed me though he kind of does have a cinematic universe if you think about it he did it before Marvel like, I'd rather not yeah. think about it. it it is something to think about you know he's an, he isn't I I bite my tongue when I say it he's an auteur he's for sure an auteur he has his own style of movies. But anyways, so long story short, I watched that. It was a stupid movie, but I enjoyed it just because it's Adam Sandler and he makes me laugh. My parents hated it. They thought and they hated me, I think, for suggesting to watch it. They're like, you know, okay. we paid a lot of money for you to go get a film education. And these are the movies that you're suggesting us. How disappointing. That was their feelings. Be honest. Though. So, yeah. So Is I it think, bad? yeah, give it a give it a shot. Give it. I think it's an. It's worthy discussions to have after, like who was right, Sid or his family. Is it bad? Yeah. It's. It, Is it bad I, in a, a good way? Movie. It's not a. It's not a bad movie. There's worse movies for sure, by a long shot. <laughs> okay. okay. But it's. It's like when you're <laughs> watching right. it, you're just. I know exactly there's what such that means. There's such a high level, like suspension of disbelief, that you gotta carry. All right. Yeah. So yeah, just have fun with it. I guess. All if way. I'm bored, I'll and, be uh, Yeah, exactly. If you're bored or a little too drunk or too high or... Yeah, whatever. Whatever it may be. Um, And so from there, I had to cleanse my palate a little bit. And uh, I watched Uncut Gems, like, the next day with my mom for the first time. She watched it for the first time, actually. How sweet. Um, It was was really great. My mom is one of... uh, Not just one of my favorite people. She is for sure one of my favorite people in the world. But she's also, like, one of my favorite people to watch a movie with. Because if I'm ever trying to gauge how, like somebody would think on a really raw audience emotion like on an audience level like my mom takes a movie as i think movies are intended to be perceived you know like Uh, as an audience as far as you know like when when something happens by like by by the design of the filmmaker and she she'll react to it like oh my god like what a plot twist or something yeah she has a very like she's not a reaction to those kind of things yeah
1: she's not a dickhead like us
0: no, no, not at all. Okay. She's not. Nah, she's not a dickhead like us, and and just ripping these guys' lives apart. And I don't know that we do too much of that. But yeah, like she's critical uh, at analyzing movies, but she she enjoys just watching it. Wait till we get um, to the Last Jedi. <laughs> oh, that's when we rip it up. That's when we tear <laughs> that shit up. Uh-huh. I can't wait. <laughs> um, so so I showed I showed my mom, uncut jumps for the first time. She's like, you need to redeem yourself after Happy Halloween. So I said, okay, let's let's try another Adam Sandler movie. But I'm curious to see what you think when he's trying, actually trying to act and be dramatic and stuff like that. No, I'm kidding. I don't want to rip Adam Sandler because I, I really like him and I like his movies. But um, yeah, and Uncut Gems is just a different level, different level of acting. So we watched that, and my, like I kid you not, this was like my third time watching it, Uncut Gems. But my mom's reaction to watching that entire movie was just as entertaining for me, like just as thrilling because you know, every beat she was riding it. Like she was getting flowing through the movie on every single beat. So every intense scene or, you know, sequence where it was like purely chaotic or you were just questioning what the fuck Howard, uh, Adam Sandler's character, like what the fuck is he getting himself into? What is he doing? Um, like she was, she was just kind of like really in it and, and, getting that kind of anxiety that the movie wants to deliver uh, so I was just like a, a cheerful little kid sitting on the couch with my mom like yeah like we're gonna have a great conversation about this movie after like I, I always just look forward to like the, the post movie debrief uh, so and then I asked her I was like so what did you think of Adam Sandler in this movie at the end of it and, he, and then she's like why does he make movies like Hubby Halloween like she was so lost like the same guy made those two movies you know he's gotta get um, the the budget for the next one ah uh, yeah I wonder what the next one what his next movie is gonna be I really That
1: actually uh, would God, be man. a really smart business plan to do like more of uh, his indie own thing like with Uncut Gems and then move on to like some of his classic money-making, silly, stupid family comedies to get the money back and then yeah, keep going with, with some of I his just more hope, independent stuff.
0: Yeah, I just hope he does. It's not like a 10-year in-between process because, you know, he made uh, Punch Drunk Love with Paul Thomas Anderson like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, something like that, which is another, like, if you haven't seen Punch Drunk Love, like, I would highly recommend it. It's one of my favorite movies to watch and that I had, like, on my first time viewing when I watched it, it just clicked with me pretty quick. Uh, but another Adam Sandler like really dramatic role that is just like shakes your head a little bit. I like this is Adam Sandler. This is Happy Gilmore and and like you know whatever. Uh, like yeah, like he's he's a fucking talented actor. He's like Nick Cage, you know where people will write them off for being character actors and silly and having fun. Like that's how I see it. They're having fun making movies and that's a really great thing. And when they step into a serious role they're flexing like they're flexing harder than most people can flex. Um, so Uncut Gems was one of those movies where it, it like it made my mom go from the fuck is this guy doing to like this guy is legit. This guy's showing some real legitness, you know? Uh, yeah. What the fuck it, was Uncut that Gems voice? is a great movie. Yeah. What, what's
1: that? It was that your, was that the vine kid? That was a vine kid. Oh, the scooter. That kid. was my impression Fucking
0: of the, the yeah. scooter kids. I was a it's mini vital. scooter kid. I went through a phase. I don't even bring up scooters, man. I have such a, like, traumatic is a heavy word to say, but, like, every time I owned a scooter, I would, like, bust it or break it that very day. So I never actually owned a scooter when I was growing up, while every other kid had a scooter. So, like, it's, like, the thing I really want. Like, that literally, it's, like, the thing I want most in life is, like, just a scooter. And now I'm, like, I'm over 20 years old, so, like, when, when is that?
1: Whoa. Hello there thanks for tuning in it's uh monday morning when i'm recording this end part so if you got this far i'm really happy for you but i do gotta be quiet because it's quite early uh anyways thanks for listening um make sure to follow us on instagram and youtube now at mythic morons if you are listening on spotify apple play or google Podcasts, make sure to give us a rating really helps and uh, join us on the next episode where we recap the final episode of season two of the boys so thanks again